0: Thank you. Mystery and terror by Radio's Masters of the Macabre. Stories Story the supernatural, the supernormal, dramatized by fact fact, the mystery, the unknown. We tell you this frankly. Right, right? So if you wish to avoid excite the excitement tension of the magic play, we heard our you our series. the turn off
1: Thanks for joining me this Saturday. We're going to hear from Nightfall this week, a series created by and airing over Canada's CBC radio station from July of 1980 to June of 1983, produced 107 episodes. Our story today is one that was rebroadcast over NPR stations from February 12th, 1982. Here's the Club of Dead Men.
0: From National Public Radio, NPR Playhouse presents Nightfall.
2: the dream, you are falling, lost in the listening distance, as dark locks in, (coughs) nightfall. Good evening.
1: Tonight we have a story in which you have to consider who belongs and who doesn't. Remember whether they're a member or not. The play, based on the classic short story by Jay Wentworth Day and dramatized for nightfall by John Douglas, is called The Club of Dead Men. Cambridge is full of ghosts. What else would you expect of a city half as old as time, crowded with bells and soaring spires, echoing courts and dusky staircases? Back home in Canada, I'd always loved the idea of ghosts, the way some people love the idea of war, until they get into one and see a man with his body in shreds and still moving. But I was lucky For a long time, the dead avoided me. Too much white light for them in Canada, I guess. Not enough stairs leading down. But in England, of course, in Cambridge, that's another matter. My first morning in college, I really thought I had them at last. I set out to hunt them down like a collector, specimens from another world, all ready for display. I didn't understand, you know. I never realized that their net was bigger than mine. And that they were waiting. For me. Hmm?
2: Uh,
1: who, uh, who is it?
3: Good morning, sir. Don't mind me. I'm just a bidder.
1: You're the the what?
3: The better. I'll make the beds and tidies up your room, like. Oh, but I, uh... Oh, now, never, don't you worry, sir. Our young gentlemen from overseas, they take a bit of getting used to, having a woman doing their rooms and them still in bed. (laughs) Oh, Lord bless you, sir. I'm old enough to be your mother. Here's your tea.
1: Oh, uh, uh, thank you, uh, Miss... Mrs.
3: Posset, sir.
1: I'm Jim Warner, and I'm from Canada, not the States.
3: Yes, I've heard. Oh, my word. Had a bit of a spread last night, didn't you?
1: <laughs> the guys, fellows down the hall,
3: decided my arrival called for a celebration. Oh, they'd celebrate a pig in the master's garden, they would. Probably because they put it there in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Told you all about their pranks and I jinx, eh?
1: Well, as a matter of fact, we got talking about the local ghost. I learned all about the house by King's College,
3: where the invisible squire plays the harpsichord. There's more ghosts in Cambridge than there's people living, and the best of them's right here. Here? In the college? Across the quad, in the room at the top of Cow Lane. Cow? No, no, it ain't a country road. Cow Lane is an old stone staircase at the far end of the cloisters, and steep enough to break your neck, too.
1: What happens in the room at the top of it?
3: Well, that's where they meet. The Everlasting Club. Everlasting? Now that's what I'd call a really exclusive group. Oh, you might as well say so, Mr. Warner. They're all dead, you see. A long time dead. And who were? Who are they? Oh, they were students. Oh, a long ways back. And very wicked, too. Every second of November, All Souls' Night, that is, they're supposed to meet there. But the room's been locked up for years, and nobody goes to see. Not ever. All Souls'
1: Night? But that's only a few days away. Mrs. Possett, you've made a sale. I'm a ghost hunter from a way back and never caught
3: one yet. Do you think they'd let me spend All Souls' Night in Cow Lane? Oh, for God's sake, sir! Don't think of doing such a thing. Well, I, I shouldn't be telling you this, but, well, near 20 years ago, when I first come here, a poor young student gentleman, he thought it'd be a great lark to spend that night in the room.
1: Yeah, I am?
3: Well, he must have got back to his own room somehow, because that's where he was found next morning. He'd shot himself.
1: Well, that doesn't... Fraud or no fraud, I'm going to spend all souls of the night in that room. Glass of
0: course,
1: Mr. Warner. Oh, thank you, sir. I'm afraid it may strike you as medieval, Mr. Warner, but I'm usually addressed as master. Arcadians are widely believed to be part of our charms. Thank you, Master. Mm, and so you wish to learn all about the Everlastings, Mr. Warner? Club of Dead Men. Hmm? It is more or less in my field, Master. The Everlastings are a heavy burden, Mr. Warner. We try to keep silent about them, and then when they're almost forgotten, there's another occurrence. I've heard, Master. You have their minute book. Ah, uh, Mrs. Posit. So much for college discretion. You know, I wouldn't mind the betters knowing everything, if they just keep their damn mouths shut. Oh, very well. Well, a scholar in the field, after all, and withholding research material is the sin against the Holy Ghost. Now, the first volume here is the minute book, with the names of the members and the rules of the club. I'm afraid that many of the latter are blasphemous and obscene. This second is a journal kept by one of the members, a fellow of the college, called Charles Bellasses. And the purpose of the club? To violate every rule, to stamp on every law, human and divine, to revel once a year on All Souls Night in honor of their lord, the devil. And to continue doing so until the ending of the world. And do they? You are the latest of several who tried to find out. They all came to a bad end, you know. The Everlasting Club. Corporeal members, A.D. 1738. Meaning they were all alive at that date? 1738 was the founding year of the club. They were all... in the flesh, yes. Alanus Dermot. Fred Latin? Alan Dermot, eternal or perpetual president. The evil genius of the group. But Latin, I'm afraid I don't read... Really don't apologize. A- Almost no one does now. It's only the names, in any case. Pretentious, weren't they? Satanism is a kind of church, Mr. Warner. The devil was a scholar long before he was a scientist. Francis. Witherington, Wetherington. Francis. Enricus Davenport. Henry. Very good. Jacobus Catherville. Jacobus. Your own name, Mr. Warner. You are James, are you not? Jim, James, yes. So your name in Latin is Jacobus Warner. Hmm. Carolus Balassus. Charles. Mm. Oh, Charles. Correct. Charles Belassus, last survivor. Found dead seventeen sixty six. Author of the journal in your hand, which tells of the terrible ending of the If it ended. If indeed. Turn the page, Mr. Warner. Two more names. I thought Belassus was the last. See, they're each in a different ink, and my oh, God, the date. As you say, the date. Roberthus Farnham, 1861. On the morning of November the 3rd, 1861, a student named Robert Farnham was found dead at the foot of Cow Lane. It was thought he came hurtling down the stairs and struck his head. The last one is uh, Gugly, 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 Julie Amos. Julie Amos died, 1960. The one who shot himself. The few who have seen this put it down to a prankster. Two pranksters, right you are. If they're genuine, the two entries are a hundred years apart. It's only a few days to All Souls' Night. I am requesting your permission to spend that night in Cow Lane. Don't tempt me. All the others were alone at the end. If I found a buddy, someone cool, to watch with me, would you change your mind? In the daylight? Yes, it's safe. But take my own master key. The servants know too much already. Thank you, Master. Mr. Warner? Let me give you one more Latin phrase. It may come in useful. Yes. In manus to us, Dominic. To thy hands, O Lord. And Mr. Warner. Master. Be careful. Which (laughs) Lord? Oh, oh boy, half these old keys
2: never work.
1: What? The door's
2: open. Hi. Welcome to the everlasting club. Come on in. Uh, well,
1: this is a surprise. They told me this room was always locked. Uh,
2: It is, mostly. I got a key from one of the betters. Well...
1: Hello, I'm Jim Warner, across the quad.
2: Just call me Bill. I made the mistake of admitting I was in the Marines once. And all I get from the Brits ever since is Boot Hill Bill. You're not from the States, are you?
1: But Canada.
2: A great neighbor to the North. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: I know, I know. The mouse in bed with the elephant. The longest undefended psyche in the world. <laughs> How about we forget all that crap and play it by ear?
1: Yeah, you got a deal. Okay. Hey, and by the way, did, did you say the Everlasting Club?
2: That's why I'm here, man.
1: You got the bug, too? Oh, I got it bad. I'm into history. Started on the Hellfire Club, and, well, here I am. Hey,
2: man, history's my major. Yeah? Italian Renaissance. Oh. Ever heard of the infamous Academy? A guy called Pomponius? No, no, I never heard of him. Yeah, the holocaust gig. Black masses in the catacombs. The Inquisition chased them for years. Oh. But at least the Academy and the Hellfire Club, once they went to hell, they stayed there. (laughs) These guys are something else. Bill,
1: do you think they really come back once a year?
2: I don't know. Love to find out, though. I thought of wheedling permission to stay here the night they break up. When is
1: it? November 2nd.
2: The Feast of All Souls. Not Halloween?
1: Two days later. Just as heavy, but more class.
2: Gotcha. Anyway, I'm just auditing lectures here, and I don't live in the college. Fat chance the master would allow me to go ghost hunting after hours, eh?
1: Hey, by yourself, no, but I think I've got his permission for two of us. Uh, would you be interested?
2: Interesting. <laughs> oh, buddy, you're going to have to tie me down to stop Fantastic.
1: I thought we'd do it right. You know, long table with the glasses, <laughs> silverware, candles, the lot. <laughs> Think they can eat? Oh, all the more for us if they can.
2: Right. This pad needs a real job done on it anyway. Would you look at it? Whew,
1: what in hell have they been storing here? Dozens.
2: And dozens of... <laughs> of chamber pot.
1: <laughs> oh, no. They'll
2: always be in England. <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, in the heart of darkness, in the club room of the dead, we are walled up alive in Thunder mug <laughs> I, I haven't laughed so much <laughs> <laughs> you damn near drop your book! Oh my
1: God, I completely forgot. Do you know what these are? No, they're the minute book of the Everlasting Club and the diary of the last
2: survivor, Charles
1: Velasquez.
2: Yeah, here's our homework for a little dinner party. Then we start right now, Jim, old buddy. Which one do we tackle first? The diary. Bellasis was the last one. He was in that kill.
1: Well, I, I, I think maybe he was the kill. Whoa.
0: Also tonight, night, year of of grace,
2: seventeen hundred and sixty-six. Near midnight, the storm approaching.
0: It will be but a rainy dawn, I think. <laughs> but it concerns me not, for I shall never see the morning. I write this for no future purpose of my own, but as a warning to those who may be tempted in a later age to the keeping of forbidden company. I am the last corporeal member of the Everlasting Club, and as such required tonight to entertain the others. Should they wish to come? God help me, I think they will. The Everlasting Club began on All Souls' Night 28 years ago. In 1738. It was an age of clubs. For dining, for dancing, for whining, for dicing. Why not then a club for devilry? We were callow enough, the five of us. With some viciousness, I suppose. But not so bad as our president, the Honorable Alan Dermott, grandson of a Duke. Great grandson, surely, of Beelzebub.
1: Gentlemen! Gentlemen, order by command of the (laughs) President, order. On this first meeting of the Everlasting Club, our esteemed Secretary, Mr. Witherington, will read the laws of the society for your approval. Mr. Witherington, we attend you. Thank you. One. This society shall consist of five everlasting. You shall be corporeal or incorporeal, as destiny shall determine.
0: Damn me, I thought we were atheists, Dermot. Rule one smells of religion. Cannot a gentleman uh, mock God? Damn. What? Oh,
2: no. uh, uh, very well. <laughs>
1: <coughs> Rule two. On the second day of November in every year, being the feast of all souls at midnight post-meridian, the Everlasting shall meet at supper at the lodging of the member whose turn it shall be in rotation to entertain them. All members shall subscribe in the minute book their names and current circumstance of life. No member shall be absent for any reason upon pain of fine by the president. What's all that for? Why, my
2: dear Balasses,
1: as time goes on, corporeals tend to become incorporeal.
0: I don't follow you. It means Balasses. It's enough of us. We survivors vote in time. We don't have to feed the dead. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went on annually for five november members were absent for good or bad reasons and were duly fined. we drank and caroused and blasphemed and worse and then we came to november 1743 when the noose suddenly tightened around our necks
1: Order, gentlemen, order your servant, sir. <coughs> As perpetual president, I welcome you again to the annual dinner of the everlasting cup. Is all our society present? You can see for yourself in <coughs> forms to stuart form, correct form, if you
0: please. Francis Davenport is moving. Find him, Mr. President. Mount him. But has he not been serving with the army this last year? Irrelevant. The rules are the rules. And the bloody myth
1: absentiam I thought you were a trifle hasty, Mr. Secretary. <laughs> if you be an everlasting, enter. Gentlemen, you're most humble and
2: obedient.
1: Well, Davenport, don't stand there with your coat wrapped round you like a virgin in a brothel. <laughs> Come in and sit down. Take some pot.
0: I thank you, Mr. President. I will take nothing. But I'm come in fulfillment of the rules.
1: God Davenport, you usually think like a carter anyway, but this time you surpass
0: yourself. And you must... that it is gunpowder, gentlemen. I have come post chased from the battle.
1: My apologies. For the odor. It's none of my doing.
0: From a battle. In Cambridgeshire. From Bettingham. In Germany. In Germany? Well, how could you possibly, Davenport,
1: take off that cloak to oblige an old friend
3: with Hinton?
1: Certainly. God. Time was when the guts were out. The man would die. A cannonball does not leave much, I fear. God have mercy
3: on us. God have mercy on
1: us.
2: Galassus well, always was a milkstuff, I'm afraid, Davenport. My apologies. <laughs> I think, witherington, we had better cancel the fight.
0: Witherington, I had to see you. I can't be alone any longer. It's three days and I can still see Davenport when he... Witherington, I got to look at you. You'd think you'd just seen a ghost now. I have. What in God's name do you mean? I have just had word from Paris.
1: The Honourable Alan Dermott, President of the Society of Everlastings, was killed in a duel in Paris three days ago, on November the 2nd. But, but he... Don't you see, Bellasses? The there were two dead men at supper with us. It was Dermott's little pleasantry to look as if he were alive when he wasn't.
2: The coffee, had
1: I saw blood once on his handkerchief. From the sword cut of the Frenchman who had killed him that morning. Dear God, that means... There are only three of us left. Oh, indeed, Bilas, only three. The minimum quorum to avoid the night of all souls. We'll assemble each October and vote down the meeting. And there'll be no trouble. Until the first of us die. And then... <laughs> Don't cry, Bilas. <laughs> After all, we may be the first to go.
2: And then... You can come with German and Davenport. It's a guess.
1: (laughs) Good Lord. So that's how it happened. They must all three have lived to the last year. The minute book. Get the minute book. Look, January 17th, 1766, this day James Cassaville became an incorporeal member to hanging himself. Ooh, couldn't take it anymore, poor bastard. And that it. No more quorum to cancel
2: a supper. They had to hold it and welcome the guest.
1: 18th September, 1766, this day, Francis Witherington became an incorporeal member through an apoplexy. Signed Charles Balassus, secretary and sole corporeal of the Everlasting Club. Apoplexy. Might as well have said a fit. Witherington died of fear. And Balassus was sole host on November 2nd for a supper he had to provide. And opposite
2: his name on the list of members?
1: November 3rd, 1766, this day Charles Belassus was found dead and staring in his chair and became an incorporeal member of the Everlasting Club. Well, Bill, if Belassus was dead, who wrote his death entry?
2: Why, wow, buddy, you're forgetting something. What? Well, Belassus is coming to supper day after tomorrow with the others. Why don't you just ask him? <laughs> Of that watch once more, old oh buddy. It's going to fall off. What time is it now? Three minutes to midnight. <laughs> this is All Souls' Night. It's a drag. Not a ghosty or a ghoulie in sight. Wait till the
1: clock strike. Hmm. Have you got the minute book ready for them to sign?
2: Right here. Open below the last entry.
1: The last victims, you mean. Robertus Farnham, 1861. The Scott, 1960. Oh, man, candles are burning so dim I can barely see has another name. What? Jacob Warner. 1982. Good God. They've added me. It can't be. Where's your name, Bill? Why am I the only name here? Where's you your name? I, I, I don't know. It's my Bill. It's midnight. They're coming. They're coming up cow lane. Gentlemen, The most humble and obedient. Come in. Whoever's name. Oh, Mr. President. Honorable member.
0: Mr.
2: Water. Our compliment, sir. It is a nice point of etiquette
1: as to who is entertaining whom. Perhaps it is best simply to join me. Hmm.
2: Now, we're shut in for the night. Forgive <coughs> my cough, Mr Warner. When midnight strikes on this night we take on the different forms of our deaths. The rapier thrust makes little trouble in my lung. Even
1: so I wager I'm more presentable than my poor friends here. You're going to have to find Mr. Scott for absence, aren't you? We seem to be missing Julienus Scott. Ah, now, Mr. Warner, that's the cream of the jest. I have played the same trick myself before now. Bite once, bite twice. W- what are you saying? It is a pity that you lack Latin. Juliamus, Mr. Warner, is the Latin for William In vulgar parlance... Bill. No. I... I don't... Do know. not turn round too suddenly,
2: Mr. Warner. Uh. Bill Scott put the barrel in his mouth before he fired, but all the same. You should not look at him unprepared. No. No. Oh, sorry, for body. The real truth of the everlasting, Mr. Warner, is one most people find unbearable to contemplate. Among one's friends, you see,
1: which of us can ever be quite certain who is alive and who is otherwise alive? Uh, uh.
4: You heard The Club of Dead Men, the short story by J. Wentworth Day, dramatized for nightfall by John Douglas. Featured in tonight's cast were Rex Hagen as Jim Warner and Alan Fawcett as Bill, with Ann Butler as Mrs. Fawcett and Gilly Fennec as the master of the college. You heard Sean Milcahy as the Honorable Alan Dermott, Robert Haley as Charles Balassus, John Douglas as Henry Davenport and Michael Wincott as Francis Witherington. The recording engineer was John Jessup, with sound effect by Matt Wilcott, and the production assistance of Peggy Este. The Club of Dead Men was produced and directed in CBC Toronto by Fred DL. The executive producer of Nightfall is Bill Howell. And now, here is a final word from
2: your host. Hello again. Next week's nightfall
1: asks you to keep your eyes peeled, and is best heard with an inner
2: vision. Let's take a little walk before dinner. Can't see over this grass, can you, Super? Yeah, come on, come on, lie down here, boy. Lie down. That's a good dog. So good, mm-hmm. Go on, live Do you think I'd hurt you, Snooper? That's a good dog. That's a good dog.
1: In the eye of the beholder,
2: a new story of old-fashioned revenge. It stars Bud Knapp, Wayne Robson, Jeff Bowes, and Marion Waldman. That's next week on Nightfall. Until then, careful. Of the
1: edge.
2: Ah!
4: Funds for the distribution of this NPR Playhouse presentation were provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is NPR, National Public Radio.
2: That's
1: the horror for this week. I'll be back next Saturday with another one. Between now and then, you can find more from Nightfall, past episodes of the horror, thousands of other old-time radio episodes, and our shoutcast stream, all at relicradio.com. If you'd like to help support this and all of those shows, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. Got some downloadable sets for certain donation amounts, though any amount is always appreciated and helpful. Thank you again to all those who have helped out over the
2: past 15 years, and thanks for joining me today back next Saturday with another episode of The Horror.